Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 433rd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And we will be doing a deep dive into the upcoming NFL draft this week, which leads right into my highlight of the week, which, of course, is the draft from Cleveland starting Thursday night at 8 p.m. and going Friday, that's with round one, Friday night, rounds two and three, and then wrap it up uh, all day Saturday on a marathon of draft intrigue. And there really is lots of intrigue as usual, uh, especially what quarterbacks will be taken and when they will be taken at the top of the draft which will set the table for the first round and beyond. As a New England Patriot season ticket holder speaking to you 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, this is probably the most interesting draft the Patriots have had since the dynasty began in the past 20 years or so. Uh, You know, Cam Newton is... uh, Resigned and looking to be the quarterback for this year. So uh, the question is, will the do the Patriots see him as a placeholder or uh, the long-term answer? So there's a lot of chatter up here in New England that they will they may move up in the draft. A lot of people are talking about Justin Fields and uh, the Ohio State quarterback, and will they move up? And try to draft him and have him uh, learn under Cam. And of course, Belichick for the next year or two. Uh, will it lead to a trade, a free agent trade? Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a, a non-stop uh, interest in him up here uh, ever since the day he left. And I uh, went out to San Francisco so he is always in play, and you have to wonder, the 49ers with that third pick, it sure seems like they're going to take a quarterback. And what would that mean for Jimmy G? Would they want a quarterback to learn behind him for a year, or do they want to potentially cash in? Uh, well, the cashing in is good, and potentially trade him. And the Patriots would certainly uh, seem to be the perfect partner. So... It's going to be good. Of course, Trevor Lawrence is pretty well uh, 
ensconced as the number one pick to the Jaguars and Urban Meyer. And it appears Zach Wilson will be going number two. Uh, he's the quarterback from BYU. And looks like the New York Jets are going to take him, especially after they traded Sam Darnold uh, to the Carolina Panthers. And a lot of people have Mac Jones going at number three to the 49ers. Uh, we shall see. Um, that is uh, really the crux of the early part of the draft. What will the Niners do at number three? And uh, again, things will follow from there. So it's going to be fun. There's nothing quite like it. I've had the pleasure of covering two NFL drafts down at uh, Radio City Music Hall in New York City. And it is really just uh, a special evening. The emotion is off the charts of these young college kids and their families uh, living the dream. And they're all dressed up, as we know. And, oh, by the way, bro hugs are back with the commissioner, Roger Goodell. So that's fun. Uh, We're all looking for little signs of life returning to normal and for sports fans. Uh, the commissioner hugging draft picks uh, will be a, a small sign that things are indeed starting to return to normal. And uh, so go into the drafts and just being eye to eye with these draftees and their reaction, the tears, the emotion uh, is really, really special uh, to say the least. And it was just uh, something I'm so glad I had the opportunity to do twice. And New York City was a great venue, as will Cleveland, as has Nashville and other cities. Uh, I love the way they're spreading it around now, the NFL. And it's really, uh, really going to be a big weekend, to say the least. Uh, it feels like it's been marketed this year at a level that I just simply cannot recall. I think it's probably part of the pandemic and just people starving for anything and everything. Although many sports have returned, they're still a little different, limited crowd, if any crowd at all, that type of thing. So the draft uh, has just gone on, you know, full bore. And, you know, it just takes us back a year ago when Everything else was being canceled except the draft. And again, hats off, if I said, as I've said often, to the NFL for uh, basically never changing their schedule, just going full bore ahead. And it started with the draft last year, and it culminated in the season being completed with no games being canceled. Uh, just a testament to how the NFL has just forged ahead since day one. Well, my low light of the week is last week's bizarre story of the week, which was, at the time, uh, the European Super European Soccer Super League being formed. And no sooner did I talk about it on the show, it seemed, than by the time the show was over, <laughs> uh, literally a week ago now, uh, the league was already collapsing. We didn't know it then, but we found out uh, by the end of the day, if not the next day, and, you, I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. What an absolute debacle. 
uh, to put it mildly, in, in the middle of it, we had, of course, Chelsea fans uh, protesting in the streets. Uh, Chelsea is in at Fulham Station. I was in London and came across Fulham Station in a suburb and realized that's where uh, Chelsea played. So I got off, just jumped off the, uh, off the, uh, the tube and uh, went up and checked out the stadium, and it was fabulous. So to see the film from the very streets that I walked to the stadium a couple of years back uh, was really cool. Uh, but what wasn't cool was the way this thing unfounded, uh, unfolded, the deceit, the you know relationships that are just in tatters at this point. Uh, the clubs apologizing, including John Henry, right here in Boston, the owner of the Red Sox, who, of course, owns Liverpool. Uh, spent a lot of time this winter down in the Tampa Bay area, uh, where the owners of the Bucks, the Glazier family, uh, also own uh, Manchester United, I believe. And they were apologizing. Um, Stan Kroenke, the owner of uh, the Rams, also owns a uh, European soccer league team, and he was having to apologize to the fans who just revolted against the idea, the way relegation or no relegation was going to work out, all of it. It was just, uh, the announcement just lit a fire. There's no other way to say it. And now this European Super League appears totally dead in the water. Um, they're talking about they'll come back in a period of time, but just uh, an all-time missteps, misstep in the history of sports, without a doubt, uh, given it's the world's most popular game, even elevates it to pretty much a slam dunk as the worst misstep in sports history. And my bizarre story of the week is the crazy uh, series between the Dodgers and the Padres over the weekend in Dodger Stadium culminating with last night's epic Padres comeback from being down 7-1 to winning it 8-7 in 11 innings, where we got a couple extra innings to really focus in on the new uh, extra innings that start with a runner on second base. I hadn't seen it yet, so it was really interesting to watch how it instantly created drama from the first pitch with the man on second. And, uh, yeah, so it was really fun. And, of course, Fernando Tatis Jr. had five home runs, repeat five home runs over the weekend. Uh, he's good for baseball. The rivalry's good for baseball. Uh, it's rapidly approaching Red Sox-Yankees level, which I've been part of for many, many years up here in Boston at Fenway Park. I also have been to Dodger Stadium for the famous Nationals-Dodgers game a couple years ago. Howie Kendrick's Grand Slam in the 10th inning to win it. Elimination Game 5, and we all know the rest of the story. The Nats went on to win their first World Series. And uh, so I really enjoyed watching that over the weekend, especially last night. And it was terrific. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere because we'll be getting deep into the draft. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired. Create your own story to share and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for calling in, as always. And uh, big week this week, AP. The NFL draft is upon us. Uh, We talked about it last week, of course, but a lot happens in a week. (laughs) And and here we are. So I was just looking at one mock draft that... uh, Mac Jones is projected in this particular draft uh, to go third to the San Francisco 49ers, who, of course, uh, traded up 
to that spot uh, in a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Mac Jones is someone you followed closely, as well as the entire Alabama national championship team. And uh, what are your thoughts uh, as the week is now upon us? Yeah, John, the the thing that um, always concerns me about quarterbacks entering the NFL is, are they able to get it through the tight windows the uh, defenses present in the NFL? I mean, it's much different than in college. There's a lot of breakdowns and assignments, and there's a very a, a, a differentiation in the speed of the wide receiver versus the cornerback or the tight end may be, may be exceptional, for instance. Uh, so that's probably the question mark that a scout, a general manager, uh, a head coach, an assistant coach, a coordinator would have to answer when they're evaluating the quarterback. And so do you believe Matt Jones, with his 77% accuracy, has the arm strength and ability to make those types of throws? And if you do, I don't see why you wouldn't draft him because he, he has the a grasp of offenses, and he's able to process the information uh, quickly, which is, uh, uh, you know, the most apparent requirement of playing in, in the league if you're a quarterback. It's just about not about your arm strength and your ability to run around in the backfield and make a play every now and then. It's the consistency of processing the information and being accurate and timely with your throws. Correct. Well said. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, we talked at length about Mac Jones last week. We both agree he's a winner. He's a leader. And uh, seems to have all be able to make all the throws, to your point. So it's going to be fun yeah. to watch. But AP, I heard something really interesting. was thinking of you uh, over the weekend on Sports Talk Radio. And it got me excited since I grew up in western Pennsylvania. But uh, they were talking about the Steelers drafting Najee Harris. Uh, the Steelers' running game has collapsed, uh, hence leading to uh, their horrific uh, see- ending to last year's right. season that they started right. off 11-0 and and then basically, I think, won only one game the rest of the way and, of course, got bounced out embarrassingly so by Cleveland in the playoffs. But... Um, and James Conner just signed with the Arizona Cardinals, which uh, surprised me uh, since he's a Pittsburgh icon, having beat cancer during his days at Pitt and doing a lot yes. of his therapy, you know, with the Steelers and the same facilities where they trained and whatnot. Uh, AP, I love the move. I'm a big fan of Najee Harris. I know you are, too. You have a relationship with him. And, uh, and, the Steelers desperately need him. They read the number of yards the Steelers gained at the end of the season, last seven games or whatever, and it was nowhere near 100, and there was a couple in there of literally 20 yards gained. Connor was hurt for much oh. of that. Yes. I mean, it was just shocking to hear it, what their yardage counts were for rushing for the last five, six, seven, eight games of the year when, they, when the whole season went south. So... I'm dying to hear what you think of it because I love it. Yeah, yeah, John. You know that would seem to be a good fit because they've done very well with power runners in Correct. their history. 
Exactly. So, yeah, you know, Najee would fit that mold into, you know, the uh, requirements that they have for the running back position. And also he can catch the football. He has that versatility. So you can play him every down, and he also protects the quarterback uh, very well when he's called upon uh, to stay in the backfield. So, I mean, if you're looking for a a running back to, to be part of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, in this draft, I think it's, you know, high level, number one, uh, our first round, it had to be Najee Harris. First round. Yeah, I mean, he he supersedes any of the bias out there that has been preaching in recent years. You know, you don't draft a running back in the first round. Uh, I I see him uh, above that. Um, And had you heard this before, perchance, that, the Steelers uh, would be the perfect fit for him, or I, I've seen it on some of those draft projections for quite a while. Uh, Miami, I think Pittsburgh, possibly the New York Jets. Those okay. are some of the teams that he's been tagged with in this process. So, but Najee Harris, I mean, he he set the record at Alabama, career rushing leader, uh, eclipsed Derrick Henry in less carries. I always like to say that because that's important, I believe. But it's amazing. It wasn't that he was, yeah, and it wasn't that he was um, given the ball uh, a significant number of times his first two seasons. He he gained a lot of those yards the last couple of seasons, and it wasn't like they were giving it to him 30, 35 times, something like that. You know, it was in the 15 to 25 range. Most 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 games. So it's not like I, I think I, I think he has a, lo- a lot of life left as a running back. Oh yes, and you have known him since high school, when he was the number one yes. player. Excuse me, number one player in the country, and uh, yes. and then his career just it simply got better and better mm-hmm. at Alabama each year. It seemingly each game, and it culminated with that you know highlight reel play where he hurdled the guy <laughs> near the end of the season, maybe it was the SEC title game or, the, the, you know, the, the Notre semifinal. Dame game, John. It, yes, the Notre Dame, right, semifinal, yes. The semifinal, okay. Um, right. You know, and then that just sort of put the exclamation point on his ability and his greatness and his career because, you know, for a big guy to do that was just something uh, – we haven't seen a lot of. We haven't seen a lot of it from anybody, quite frankly. Hurdling people is not an easy thing to do. Hurdling people who are six foot or thereabouts. <laughs> um, but no. you know, so it's nice to see because th- th- that's one everybody remembers. And uh, uh, so, AP again, as someone who has covered the Steelers, followed him my entire life. You know, I love it. I mean, they're they're clearly going back to Ben. They're keeping Ben as their quarterback. Uh, great wide wide receiving core as always, and uh, and a good offensive line. So it's like, you know, Najee could just be the quick answer to having them right back. Let's not forget they were eleven and zero. The season then just collapsed, and right. Many people would make the case that they collapsed because they didn't have a running game and Ben was throwing it, for gosh sake, 60 times a game. It was ridiculous and it was the antithesis yeah, of the Steelers we've all come to know through, for our yeah. entire lives. So he just seems like, you know, just the perfect fit. Um, 
So hopefully, uh, you know, I, w- I for one, uh, I-, I would just love it. I really would. And let's just see where they're picking here to see if we'll even be around. Um, showing him, they pick at 24. 24, right. Okay. 24. Yeah, that, that, that's right. what 11 and 0 will do for you in the early days of, uh, <laughs> you know, starting off 11 and 0 <laughs> will uh, put you in the back of the draft. Um, right. And you're and good call though. The draft I'm looking at AP has the Dolphins drafting Najee at uh, 18. So we shall see. We shall see. Maybe the Steelers <laughs> will trade up if they, you know, you know, the projections are correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah, John, you know, they seem to value the running back position. Some teams figure I can get somebody in the second round, third round, but some teams, you know, they like to make that pick in the first round of the running back because their offense is predicated on giving that player the ball 20 to 25 times or a minimum of 15, and they want somebody that their quarterback can rely upon uh, as a, you know, potential weapon for their offense because – 60 passes in an NFL game, John, even if you have the best quarterback in the league, that's way too many. Way too mind. many. I mean, you know, skewed, your offense is skewed to being one-dimensional. It's, uh, I wouldn't like, like to be the coach of that team where I had to throw the ball so many times and everybody knew I was dropping back to pass. And then it makes it so much more difficult on the offensive line as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We saw it right off the bat in the in the playoff game against Cleveland. Um, let's not forget Dermonte Dawson, longtime All-Pro center, has retired. Um, so it's, you know, it's not getting any better, shall we say. And, you, you know, yeah. as we all saw, basically their running game was Ben thrown out in the flats, uh, you, you know, and then run from there. Um, so it just really went sideways at the end of the season for a variety of reasons, not the least of which was an injury to James Conner and whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, it's uh, it's very intriguing, to say the least. And, again, Najee Harris, you know, he is, uh, again, in my mind, just head and shoulders above anybody else out there just because of his career. Uh, you know, forever, he, he he just has all the elements, power runner, speed, blocking, as you said, um, athletic ability, i.e. the hurdle, on and on and on. So he is just, uh, and he seems like he would be a good fit in Pittsburgh. He really does. You know, dedicated, yeah, he's a hard worker. high character guy. Oh, yeah. I, I know you like him a lot. Yes, yeah, I do. And like you said, he's dedicated and he's hardworking and at six foot three, two hundred thirty pounds, uh, you know when you try to throw the ball to him in the flat or down the field, linebackers trying to cover him. I think it's a mismatch, and uh, you know he can, he he's like a wide receiver. Uh, Johnny has those type of hands. He means he's that good catching the football. Exactly. You don't see a lot of six foot three at running back. You just don't, and that's why he was no. he. You know, easily identifiable, you know, when you're watching an Alabama game on TV. I never had to, you know, look at the number to see which one was Nazi. That's for darn <laughs> sure. You just know it no. in an no, instant. No, no, again, no. No, no, for sure. And, yeah. uh, and John, he was, he was working out with Adrian Peterson uh, the other day in Texas. And 
they showed a picture, and guy, it seemed like he, he made Adrian look small. And Adrian's a big back. Right, exactly. Um, no doubt about it. Um, well, it's going to be fun. It really, I, I was really glad I happened to hear this conversation on sports radio because, uh, because it was just something I hadn't thought of. And it introduced me to the possibility, and now I'm excited uh, for that possibility. I'd be watching anyway, but I'm certainly going to be sticking around for number 24 as I would normally. But I'll be uh, uh, jumping to attention in my chair when, when that rolls around, <laughs> if, if, of course, Najee is available. Uh, but I'll be interested, no matter what, who the Steelers are picking, as I always am. And AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of our first segment already. Uh, so why don't we take a break? Still a lot to get to on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You 
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. We're some America listeners. Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we were talking draft, previous segment, of course, and hit pretty heavy on Mac Jones and Najee Harris. Uh, but there's a whole lot of other Alabama players that are going to go high. And uh, and how do you see it all unfolding with basically the household names that are part of the Alabama defending national championship team? Yeah, John, it's incredible that at the draft um, in attendance will be five Alabama players, Mac Jones, the two wide receivers, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Patrick Sertain, the second, the, the tall cornerback, and then Christian Barmore, the defensive lineman. And then, John, you also have to consider Landon Dickerson, the Remington Trophy Award winner from Alabama, uh, possibly in the first round, and Alex Leatherwood, and he won the Outland Trophy. He played left tackle. That's an important position. So you, you could have potentially eight. Uh, probably it's probably a safer bet that they'll have maybe six, I think. Uh, okay, but you never can tell. Round. Only one, t- yeah, in the first round. So, but uh, one person has to like a player to make that choice. So you just never can tell. But it's no wonder that Alabama dominated most of the games last year with eight players. I would say safely you could say going to be taken in the first two rounds, and some of them. Um, you know, right up there as far as their position as being the best. So it's, it's incredible what Nick Saban has done. I don't think you could say it enough that he right. he selects these players out of high school and then they continue their further development and become all-conference and award winners and then number one draft choices. I mean, I, don't, I mean, that's the equation, John. For a, for a college Henry. football coach, what you want to, yeah, what you want to do to, when you speak to a player that you have this ability, you're considered one of the best coming out of high school. We're going to generate as much interest in you by furthering your, your career with development and giving you an opportunity on the field to to do some things, whether it's a wide receiver, catch the football, running back, the number of carries, quarterback, throwing the ball. So you know, offensive line, you're going to be learning how to pass block, run block, um, you know, you know, tight ends are going to be, be featured to some degree in our offense. I mean, safeties, cornerbacks, linebackers, uh, outside linebackers, defensive linemen, uh, doesn't matter the position. Alabama seems to be producing number one draft choices at every position except fullback, kicker, kicker and punter. Correct. Yes. I mean, I mean it's just remarkable. And AP, I'm sure you would agree, never underestimate that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're one of the best high school players in the country and Alabama's offering, probably the first thing you're looking at is, uh, is this my best ticket to the league? 
And obviously it is. We just discussed it. There could go anywhere from five or six to eight or nine players drafted, perhaps in the first round, as impossible as that sounds. Uh, nine would be a little high, but it, we, we could definitely be looking at a number of right. six or seven, um, yes. which uh, could be what the, that could be the most ever, right? What's what's the, what's the record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Miami. I think Miami had the six in one of those drafts within the first couple of years of the this century, uh, John. And uh, okay, right. Alabama's Famous. had four number of times. And uh, yeah, right. go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, it just says it all, AP, um, that, you know, that's what really matters at the end of the day. It's no different than John Calipari at Kentucky, although Saban does it a completely 100% different way. I, uh, not not right. comparing the right. two. I'm just saying that no. players attend to – a lot of basketball players attend Kentucky because it's the quickest ticket to the league. Uh, Alabama, I would say, is the surest ticket to the league. Um, right. Right. And, you know, uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun. People in Alabama must be excited. I mean, uh, the draft becomes, you know, must see TV for college football, mad Alabama. Right. It's just not a casual interest in watching that event. And right. that one, one differentiation I'd just like to bring up, you know, John Calipari, he, he wins quite a few games and they get in the tournament. Uh, but he's won the one championship where Nick Saban, he puts together a team that is winning national championships, and it's more like an NFL system with the nutrition and the the, the, the defensive philosophy where you're learning everything. Matter of fact, as I've stated many times, when they get to the NFL defensively, they're as well prepared as anybody because – they have all these exotic, um, complex defenses that they have to learn while they're at Alabama. And then offensively, you know, quarterbacks are setting records, receivers are setting records, running backs are setting records, the linemen are winning awards. So, but John, you, I mean, you could go to other schools and be drafted. There's no question. I mean, uh, we've seen it. You know, Division three schools and NIA schools, and it's just the fact that when you're in practice at Alabama. Maybe that's harder than any game. Correct. Exactly. Yes. It's just an amazing, amazing program he's built there. And, uh, yeah. And let's not forget, Saban, of course, famously uh, coached with Bill Belichick uh, at the Cleveland Browns in the late 90s. So, uh, you know, so he knows the NFL system very well uh hardly breaking news we all know that story um and he has just you know obviously coached at michigan state lsu uh he was the head coach of the dolphins to say the least so he has all the experience and he's brought it all together and created just one of the great powerhouses in the history of sports not just college football sports and uh Right. And it just right. keeps getting stronger, it seems. Yeah, he's done it better than anyone else, John, collectively. Like I said, with the uh, success of players at all the positions, winning the league, winning national championships, 
um, providing a huge stage uh, where you're, you're the prime game, maybe on a Saturday night or after the afternoon. Uh, you're playing not only against the SEC, which is considered the best league and will probably continue that streak. I think it's, it's probably over 10 years of having the most players drafted from that league. But you're also competing against you know, any school you can think of, Alabama tries to schedule USC and, you know, Wisconsin or Virginia Tech or West Virginia or these upcoming next uh, next bunch of years. You know, it's Notre Dame and Texas and um, uh, who else is on that schedule? Wisconsin, I mentioned, and Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Florida State. Um, you know, it's, it's phenomenal schedule in the next decade or so. I mean, I don't see – I mean, it's really hard to recruit against them. Like, the only thing you can do is say, look, you have more of a chance to play here because the competition maybe within the team is not as strong. But, um, you know, Alabama, it's, it's tough to turn them down, I would think. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, well, and, you know, to me, AP, what happened this year? You know, he loses – what I assume was his number one receiver to injury, Jalen Waddle, early, very <laughs> right. early in the season. Yeah. And yeah. the so-called number two receiver wins the Heisman, Devontae Smith. I mean, <laughs> right. you can't make yeah. this stuff up, for sure. No. Uh, it's just yeah. nothing short of incredible. No, I, no, I'm trying to think of a situation, John, with the Heisman Trophy, particularly, as you mentioned, uh, where that's ever happened. Correct. I mean, no, like, I, let's say I'm the number sure two running back I, I, at a school or something, you know, or whatever, number two quarterback or number number two wide receiver. As you said, I don't know where that's ever happened. Exactly right. You, you know, I think it's just, to me, one of the all-time great examples of the Alabama program, the depth, Saban, all of it. It all came together for Devontae to win the Heisman when, theoretically, going into the season, he was not considered the best receiver on the team let alone the, and he ended up the best player in the country. <laughs> he just, it's just utterly remarkable. Yeah. I don't know if it gets enough uh, yeah. mentioned. So I'm yeah. glad we're mentioning it here because it's really an astounding achievement on the part of so many from Mac Jones to Saban to most importantly, Devonte himself. And what a year he had. He, he was literally unstoppable. There is no other way to say it. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, game changer, all of it, the, the superlatives just uh, are many. And so, yeah, I just thought that, that really kind of summed up the Alabama program in so many ways that it, it almost brought it to a certain peak, if you will. Uh, right. not, that, not that they're going downhill from here, but uh, no, it no. just put them up on no. a certain level that no one's ever been to quite no. before. No, no. And, John, I think that whether Devontae is successful or not will, not will not be dependent on his size of 170 pounds because we've seen Jerry, Judy, and Calvin Ridley, similar stature, number one draft choices uh, from the University of Alabama. We know that they've had success in the NFL. So yes. whether he's, whether he's uh, highly productive on the field is going to be a factor of is he with a quarterback that can get him the ball? Is he in a system that maybe highlights some of his you know, best routes and a coaching staff that believes in him? Obviously, you're going to draft him number one. So I just think if he's healthy, he's going to be a, a very good NFL uh, player. Oh, no doubt about it. He's going to be great. He's unique. He's 
a total stud in every sense of the word. So he'll do great in AP. We're already here at the end of our second segment together. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground with the fabulous Alabama talent coming into this draft, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But still a few more things to get to, and we'll do that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your health care needs and reputable health care experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, 
veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the NFL Draft this Thursday at 8 p.m., live from Cleveland. We've been talking about the last two segments and really throughout the show. Uh, But also have to mention that Saturday is the Kentucky Derby. Uh, AP, you may remember that uh, you and I talked on the phone a couple years ago, the day I was in Nashville on my way to Louisville for my first ever Kentucky Derby. And uh, you and I talked a couple couple times that day and uh there's nothing like it even though the weather wasn't great that day it did turn out to be the famous race where they changed the winner (laughs) the horse that crossed the finish line first was not the winner (laughs) so it was a day to remember in many ways uh but it's back i believe they're having limited fans and also that the forecast is looking pretty good at this moment in time um, but yeah, you're a man of the South, nothing quite like the Kentucky Derby. That's for sure. It's, it was a bucket list item and I'm so glad I went and would love to go again and hopefully nicer weather one of these days. It was really something special. And oh, by the way, spending the weekend in Nashville was, it was a great way to do it and then drive two and a half hours up to Louisville on race day. It was all very, uh, user-friendly, easy to do and worked out well. Yeah, John, that's a fantastic event, and uh, it's the greatest two minutes, I guess, in sports outside of somebody driving for the winning touchdown, maybe. I don't know. I get, how, is that how you might categorize it? Well, uh, I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'm glad you said it. That is exactly what it's known as, and AP, I get it. I mean, 150,000 people roaring. And luckily, we were right at the turn as they head down the back stretch, uh, the famous down the stretch they come. We were right there, not far from the track, 10th, 12th, 15th row, whatever. And the roar as they come around that corner, down the back stretch for the, you know, for the finish, headed for the finish line is the loudest roar I've ever heard in my life. I mean, there's a big roar. There's a roar throughout the race for a minute and whatever, 30, 40 seconds. But the roar, when they come down the back stretch and we happen to be right there by luck, our seats happen to be there, was uh, unlike anything I've ever heard in sports. So that will always be my take home. That and listening to my old Kentucky home. <laughs> yes, yes, right. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a great thing. That, that's the University of Louisville band usually plays that, I guess. Totally. Yes, it, it was fabulous. Uh, so, yeah, a day to remember, and it's back. Uh, again, I think they have limited fans uh, for this year's race, and, uh, and good to see it back. Just like the Masters a couple weeks ago in April, good to see the Derby uh, in its usual spot for Saturday in May. And, uh, right. and it's going to be fun. Uh, and speaking of fun, AP, you know, I saw an interesting... Uh, Interesting segment, interview by Kirk Herbstreet with Trevor Lawrence. So I just got to ask you, you know, as we uh, hear in our final segment, how do you think Trevor Lawrence is going to do in the NFL? I mean, he's the obvious number one yeah. pick with Urban Meyer, no less. But what are your right, thoughts? Yeah, you, cool, yeah. you know him well. You've seen yeah. him a lot. I've seen him a couple yeah, I mean, times. Yeah, he's tall, so he he's pocket friendly at that size. 
Um, he's got a very strong arm, can make all the throws. Um, like I said, can he get it in the tight windows? Can he process the information uh, quickly? Can he uh, audible to the right call? Can he grasp the offense? And uh, all those things, I mean, you're evaluating as a quarterback, but uh, Urban Meyer, he's had many good quarterbacks in his career, so I, I think he's going to make that selection. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt. No and doubt. we'll find out if he gets some people around him, you know, get some receivers, get some talent around him. I don't think if I was Trevor Lawrence, I'd be running around very much. Um, these guys are much faster and they hit harder and they're, they're playing for money, serious right. money. So I try to try to just develop myself in that pocket and uh, proceed from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, he's probably the most obvious number one pick or, most hyped pick coming out uh, as a quarterback since uh, Andrew Luck. And, you know, we've watched his career unfold in front of us. National championship is freshman year. He's had some flashes. I, I don't think any of us will ever forget the fabulous run he had in the, uh, in the college football playoff. That's speaking for myself. That's when I like uh, woke up to his running ability and overall athleticism. Uh, I think he's going to do well. I like him. I like his demeanor. Uh, I like the interview I saw the other night with him. And I, I think he's going to do great. And I, I wish him the best. I, I think he's been good for college football. I really do. And had a great career. And uh, I, I really, you know, hope for big things from him. I think he's a likable guy. Yeah, he's going to have every opportunity. And it's not too far from his home state of Georgia. And exactly. And have a lot of people... That. In interest, a lot of people interested, and in Florida Georgia so line, as they the, say, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that would be yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, so right, yeah. So we're we're going to see uh, if that translates in being a dominant quarterback in college football. If he can be a big, big winner in the NFL. Yep. Well, AP, we'll all be watching, and I want to thank you so much for your contributions today. This was fun. Uh, we only get one show a year where it's three days till the draft, and uh, this is that day, and it was wonderful. I know you're going and going to cover it, so I wish you the best of luck in Cleveland. Can't wait to talk to you about uh, everything you see and experience uh, when we do our show next week. My pleasure, John. Look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Our pleasure, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend and we'll talk sports again next week.